0: Today's episode is about student representation. This episode has been pulled out of our archives and we hope you enjoy it.
1: Welcome to PeerPod, where you are the peer and we are the pod.
0: Here at the PeerPod studios, we've extracted the sweet, sweet juice from our freshly squeezed student experience, and we have bottled it for a reasonable price, free and fresh for the download. We are dripping with knowledge, and we really can't wait to share with you our words of motivation, experience, and of course, our stories. Hello, and welcome back to the PeerPod podcast, the podcast where you are the peers, and we here are your pod. We are working from home again. I'm your host, Life Coach Layla, and today I'm joined by a panel of students who are all involved in student leadership or representation Um, and we're basically here to tell you get involved and why you should be. So I'm joined by Benny who is a Bachelor of Commerce Finance and Marketing student, Um, Zoe who is a student of Economics and Business Analytics, Uh, Rishali who is doing her Masters of Publishing and Gender Studies, and Priya, who is doing a Masters of Public Health. What student leadership roles have you guys been involved in?
1: Yeah, I have engaged a few roles on campus. I'm currently the Board Director at the University of City Union, and the International Student Representative and the Peer Support Advisor within Student Support Services, as well as the Resident Assistant and Student Accommodation.
0: Well, vote for this
2: guy, like. (laughs) Rishali, what leadership roles have you been involved in? So I have been a student representative at the postgraduate level. I was elected through the SRPP program, which is the student representative partnership program, and that is run by the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences. In that capacity, I have uh, worked on different levels. The postgraduate coursework committee Mm -hmm. is basically the committee that takes care of the entire curriculum Mm -hmm. of Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences and I was the student representative to that. The, a collection of these opportunities took me to the UN.
3: Yeah, um, at uni, I'm an international student mentor and ambassador at the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences. Uh, outside of uni, I am part of international student leadership and ambassador program at the city of Sydney and also event manager at welfare portfolio of Council of International Students of Australia. Mm-hmm.
4: So I've been involved in a multitude of opportunities. The primary one is my role as a the health promotion peer educator. Because I was part of that, I was fortunate enough to share my personal mental health story. Um, and this was a project involved faculty and students for mental health month last semester. And we have a YouTube video. We have multiple YouTube videos out because of that. Really good. Yeah. And then we also, on a more faculty level, I was, I'm one of the student staff liaison committee members for the Sydney School of Public Health. And I was also part of the Equity, Diversity and Inclusion Committee for the Faculty of Medicine and Health.
0: Um, and the STAR team.
4: Yes, and the STAR
0: team. <laughs> I know, <the> <laughs> Um, well, as our listeners can and um, can gain from this is that you guys wear many hats. You're incredible people. You're successful people. So I'm really excited to discuss with you what has built you guys to be these incredible, successful leaders in our UCD community. What does it take to actually be a leader? Is leadership only for the extroverted amongst us? Or- no, it is not necessary for you to be an extrovert to
4: be a leader because. One of the most important skills for a leader is to be a good listener. And introverts, I don't want to generalize, but for the most part are really good listeners. Uh, Personally, I am not an extrovert, despite what other people might think. I've just, I just like saying yes to opportunities that have come my way. And volunteering was the best way to make friends because I was absolutely brand new to this country, I didn't know a single person. I thought that volunteering would bring me in company of like-minded individuals who are out there to, who want to give back to the community
1: I don't think that's necessary at all because like obvious i'm quite extroverted what myself but i don't think that's the most important attribute to give me the opportunities and I think there are quite different roles within the team and everyone can bring its own unique skill set and valuable attributes so, you know i don't think there's a certain limit for only extroverted people can be the leader and I think that's when find opportunity that really fits you're very passionate about so you should always you know give it a try and I think when makes someone a very good leader and what makes an effective leadership is you're actually able to build a trust within your colleagues mm-hmm. and you actually uh, can unite an entire team and, and you're an active listener you're the go-to people like mm-hmm. and i think as in death like, you must be passionate about the things you're doing and if you have a creativity and innovation that just absolutely yeah.
0: what are just some examples of how students can get involved in different opportunities
1: Yeah, from my experience, I find the University Career Hub and the union website very helpful to find the leadership opportunities on campus, even for LinkedIn as a group platform to connect with people. Speaking of the union, like as holding value student for students, we always be trying to provide as many opportunities as we can to get people involved on campus from a Bristol in university cafes and to a campus activity a coordinator from a student media editor to event photographer, even from a finance intern to board director role, as myself. So I think there are a whole range of on-campus um, uh, employment opportunities that people can be provided and can get involved on campus. And even the union has a uh, incubate program, so we can actually develop your entrepreneurship uh, abilities and also make your projects and ideas come to life.
0: Mm. And I would say for just people to even look for opportunities in everything, not just the written advertised ones. I would just say. Yeah. Build your networks, constantly be networking with people, and when opportunities come up, take them. So they're not going to necessarily always be posted.
4: Uh, don't ignore emails from faculty and then newsletters, because that's where a lot of the opportunities are listed. It's not always just the overtly volunteering opportunities that count, but even mm-hmm. events that you go to, like small events, Um, that you interact with other faculty members or other students or other staff who are not part of the faculty, but, you know, are part of the university. I think every single interaction that you have counts. Like I started off as attending the different events put out by the star team. It's then that they noticed that I was enthusiastic and I was involved and uh, I was willing to chat to the other students. I think that's what led to the opportunity of them offering me one of their roles, their student ambassador roles. People might get scared for whatever reason but you just have to put aside your fear and you put aside any fear of judgment to get involved. Uh, You just have to remember that everyone is in the same boat. Yes, some people might have different skill sets uh, and different levels, but that's okay. You're all there to learn together. And that's the beauty of
2: volunteering. You're learning from each other. When I came to Australia, I knew nobody and nothing. And it was like a new country, new continent with itself, new culture. And there comes a time when you have to come out of that cultural shock and start cultural exchange. There's this natural instinct to gravitate towards what you know. But my advice would be do that because that will be some authentic contacts that you can develop and that are ready to talk to you. But just don't restrict yourself with them. Go out at the same time. Look what opportunities are being given out by your faculty, by your school, what is being advertised on Facebook. Join Facebook pages. They might populate your feed, but join them totally. It's, It's not about you being extroverted or introverted because there comes a time in life where you do not get the opportunity to be either. If you have to speak up, you have to speak up. There are some opportunities that come your way only when you voice yourself. Just by looking at you people won't make out that what is your body of work. Start by attending events. You have to step out. And stepping out has nothing to do with you being extroverted or introverted. It has everything to do with you taking initiative.
0: Because you can still be seen and valued as an introvert in a group and part of a leadership role. It's what you provide and how active you're being in that role with whatever task you're given. Did you ever feel like these opportunities took you away from your university work?
4: Whenever I have gone out to volunteer, it hasn't taken away from it being a chill day because I felt like I was
0: involved with my friends and I was giving back to the community. Sometimes when you have an opportunity, it gives you more energy when you've just involved yourself in something. Like whenever I do the podcast, even if I'm dead tired, I leave it and I'm so hyped that I feel really good and I feel like, okay, to the next task. I feel really productive and I think that snowballs into more productivity rather than... I did find sometimes though, you are still giving yourself to... A job, a task, and you are still dedicating time. And I did find that sometimes I was running across campus trying to make different meetings, trying to make these opportunities also suit my schedule, my university schedule as well which is not always easy. you have your classes to attend? you have other things? Did you guys ever experience any clashes?
4: I did experience a, like a massive clash last semester. I was part of the student staff liaison committee for, you know, faculty of medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we organized a careers evening and it happened to be right before exam. So during StuVac. StuVac week is when most of our assignments are due you so even though I did ask for extension for one of my assignments stating that look I'm doing I have everything due and I'm doing all of this the professor was like no you should have managed your time better <laughs> Yeah. but at the same time it was a it was a good thing I was helping
0: my cohort and and I know this may sound terrible to say but Sometimes, maybe it might have sacrificed a small amount of your degree, and I'm not advocating that we should sacrifice our degrees because that's initially what we're here at university for. But in terms of, are people ever going to look at the number of your mark or are they going to look at how diverse your skills are? You may have picked up those skills from these opportunities as well. So they have, they both have a place. I think these things are really important for adding that edge.
4: They look at you as a whole person. Yeah. Yeah. and see how well you would fit in with the company culture and like um,
2: what you can offer beyond your marks. So JP Morgan came and they had their representatives telling yeah. what are they looking in their fresh employees, like the new employees and, um, for, for entry-level jobs. And they said the marks don't matter to us much. We so yeah. look at the overall personality and we ex- uh, the basic expectancies there marks but overall if you volunteered more if you've gone out in the community if you can establish yourself as a multicultural person if you're if you can establish yourself as an open person we would prefer that person to a very very academic and you know a successfully scholar kind of a student which was a new learning for me
3: i feel like uh, let's say commerce students. Commerce students, they're going to study exactly the same core subject. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of shaped the, the way they think, the way they look at the problem and everything. So I kind of feel like, might feel like all the commerce students have kind of same way of looking things. If, say, like two commerce students apply to the same role, and they're not really going to see at the marks because they've done the same course, but the only thing that differentiating them is the things, like, the things they've done in uni, the things they've done uh, outside uni, all these extracurricular things, part-time jobs.
2: You establish yourself as a multitasker. The moment you show that, you know, you've managed so much volunteering on your CV. I mean, if you've not had work experience, which is difficult to find, and you're still volunteering, you're still working. You're just not getting paid for it.
4: All employers want some sort of experience, even for entry-level
0: jobs. So you've done this volunteering work, but what does it actually equate to on paper?
3: Yeah, like I think that's really important because, you know, people, some people, they do a lot of things. They do a lot of things. But then when when the time comes, they don't know how to exactly market them and how they and exactly use those experiences to sell themselves personally i try to do reflection not every single day but like at least a w- every week so writing down all those things all the things you uh, have been part of it's really important to note them down because especially like um, most volunteers most uh, student leaders they do a lot of things so sometimes like i forget all the things i've done so, I really started um, writing them all down. And then, after every single event uh, or project, I reflect everything. Like, so from this project, I've done this, this, this. So now I want to improve my other skill. So, how can I improve that skill? And I start looking for other opportunities, which is a bit different from my previous opportunities. So, I can. Uh, develop my skills and project. I look at the job uh, job advertisement. So it's kind of guide to uh, what you need to do in order to get that job. So basically like in the interview, they're just going to ask the uh, questions that is on the key requirements. So they're like a lot of lists and they're just going to ask you like, okay, so we need a team player. Do you have that skill and how can you prove it? You have to have that story to tell. So it's really important to write them down.
0: I don't know about you guys, but did you feel like it improved your studies because you were more excited to come to campus?
3: Yeah, I actually, I would say it actually improved my um, grades. I did a foundation program first when I came to Australia. So I worked in the evenings like 20 hours a week and that time I was so busy because my English skills were not that good. had to study more And then I had to work at the same time. And I was also volunteering for the Australian Red Cross. That time, my grades were really, really good. And then uh, after that, I decided to have a break because during the summer break, I worked full time, like night shift. And then also I volunteered at the same time. So it was like so, so uh, tired. So I decided to take a break from all the extracurricular things in my first semester of uni. And then I think like my worst grades are like from the that first semester, because Mm -hmm. that's how I didn't, I kind of felt like I have a lot of time. So every time I would just like procrastinate, because I know I have a lot of time. And also, I feel like another thing that kind
0: of boosts you is the confidence you get from it. I mean, I feel like these volunteering opportunities, being part of something, working on projects, especially if there's a lot of success with whatever you're doing and involved in, the confidence you get from that is can be life-changing. And I think that that as well bleeds into your degree because you start feeling really good about who you are, your contribution, you feel valuable, you feel like you have a purpose and, and I think that does help you in terms of your degree because then you tackle your degree with a lot more confidence.
2: It starts helping you with your problem-solving skills because then you feel more prepared to tackle with the unknown. It, it just makes you think on your toes. Sometimes you're volunteering and somebody throws a volley at you that you're not ready for.
3: Someone asked me, people asked me if they should do volunteering or not. I would definitely say yes. Say yes to all the opportunities you get if you don't know what you really want to do. The main reason I started volunteering was to know more about myself. I was so lost like and stuck like most students and I just didn't know where to start and that time Um, During the lecture, my high school principal gave us advice, and that was, if you don't know what you want, and if you don't know what you're going to study in the university, and if you don't know who who you are, start trying as many things as possible. And that's what I did. It it just has changed the way I talk to people and the way I see the world and giving me a sense of purpose and also values. I truly believe that it helps you to know more about yourself, what you like, what you don't like, what is your strength, and what's your weakness, and it just pushes you out of your comfort zone, which is key to personal development.
0: I like that you mentioned a lot of these things are for your own personal development. So it really extends beyond career. And we're talking about life now. We're talking about being a better person and more well rounded. And I think that's something that everyone should strive for, even when you're networking to try to present yourself. When you're so much more of a well rounded person who's had all these diverse experiences, you can connect with people a lot easier and on mm-hmm. a lot of different levels. And I think it gives you that edge in networking, in careers, and in personal development. So but some, I think a lot of us sometimes can feel a bit of imposter syndrome, like we're not good enough to be part of that role. So we might put us off from even applying. So we might say, okay, well, I'm maybe not a great public speaker, or I'm maybe not good at this. And how some students can maybe put themselves off and be like, well, you know what, the people that are good at that will go to that. What would you say to students like that?
4: How are you going to develop your skills if you don't put yourself out there? Right? Like if you say to yourself, I'm not good at that, so I'm never going to do that, you're never going to learn. (laughs) And that's how the people who got good at speaking out, that's how they learned. It's not, I mean, at least I don't think it's a skill that you're born with. You only develop um, public speaking skills and then confidence through your failures. Yes, like I have been embarrassed so many times publicly. Like oh. I don't know about what other people felt, but that hasn't deterred me from going out there and seeking out the next opportunity because uh, that's, that's the other thing, right? You only get out
2: as much as you put in. The, the only skills that we are actually born with is breathing and crying. Every other skill is practically learned. I think you have to
0: look at people that have success rather than comparing it, use that as inspiration. So if there's someone has, you know, an opportunity that you would like, what can I do to get there? What can I learn from this person? Maybe I can have a chat to this person. Maybe I can be mentored by them. I think you guys would be really great mentors for things like this, for it's always saying the podcast to people to like own your own story so that we all have many different stories. And I think instead of trying to copy someone else's book, we really have to take ownership and say, okay, this is my story. What can I do to make the absolute most of it? Okay. Well, there you have it. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the PeerPod podcast. Um, And we'll see you in the next one. Well, actually, I won't see you in the next one because this is my final episode at hosting for you guys. So I just wanted to say, thank you so much for being a loyal listener and I really hope that you've gained personal development and also career and university skills.
4: Subscribe to PeerPod on either iTunes, Spotify or SoundCloud so we can keep in touch and you can keep up to date with the newest episodes.
1: If there is any topic you would like us to tackle, you can write us at peerpod.pla at sydney.edu.au Remember, you can find your peer learning advisors in their red T-shirts at Thinkspace, The Quarter, Dentistry, Bosch Commons, Camden Commons, and Westmade. Peerport is recorded and produced by the library's peer learning advisors in the ThinkSpace One Button Recording Studio on Gadigal Land.